Hello, creative people. Welcome to Creative Conversations. My name is Hollis Citron, and we are so happy that you have chosen to spend your time with us. I am owner and founder of I Am Creative and Express Yourself Publishing, and I am on a mission to expand the definition of creativity beyond a pencil and a paintbrush and to empower people, especially adults, to own their voices and talents that come in so many different forms. This space was created to talk to people with all different kinds of jobs, hobbies and interests, and to have conversations about experiences and perspectives all centered around three questions. How do you define creativity? How do you incorporate it into your life? And why do you think it's important? Then we have a free-flowing conversation and we see where it goes. So I have had the opportunity to speak to so many. I've spoken to musicians, comedians, doctor, lawyer, wrestlers, Reiki masters, and entrepreneurs as young as 13. And these conversations explore the reality that creativity is not cute, it is necessary. People have defined creativity as that magic spark, how we show up in our life, imagination, basically all that we are and want to be, do, or have. So I believe from my heart that sharing these stories gives one the ability to expand their thinking, open themselves up for more self-expression, to feel more empowered, connected, and dare I say, happy. So my inspiring guest for today is Dr. Lisa Petty. She started her career as a holistic nutritionist and health researcher and quickly became recognized as a speaker, journalist, award-winning author, and media health expert. After several years coaching women who struggled to follow through on their health goals, Lisa earned a PhD for her research on how midlife women experience self-care and well-being despite the social pressures to be perfect in every facet of their lives. Oh my gosh. Dr. Lisa, welcome to the space. Hello. Hello, hello. <laughs> oh, creativity. I'm telling you, technology is creative, isn't it? <laughs> isn't it incredible what you can do? It is. It's fascinating. We live in a culture where technology can do so much and, and yet sometimes we can't make it do what we want it to do. Anyway, so happy to be here today. <laughs> Thank you. I am so, so happy that you're here. I cannot wait for this conversation. Um, before we dive in and learn so much more about you, I'm going to start with, is there any kind of a fun fact that you would like to share with us before we get started? So, okay. So this is, you know, I was thinking about that. I'm like, am I really a fun person? I don't know. Um, <laughs> and so I thought I'd love to share this story. Uh, so I'm adopted and I've known my, my whole life that I was adopted. So I've always sort of had this sense that there were, there were other people out in the world that I was related to that I didn't know about. And a couple of years ago, my daughter uh, who is really interested in, um, you know, family history and that sort of thing, and was able to track it back on her father's side forever and ever and ever, decided to do one of those DNA tests. Mm. And she did it. And a couple of years after she did it, um, and we found out, for example, I had this fantasy that I was something amazing, like Italian or French or, you know, something really cool and exotic. <laughs> yeah. Well, I found out through her that she is 50% Latvian. Oh. Now, I had to go look up Latvia. I mean, I'd heard of it. 
Right. Right. I knew that that was me, right? I knew that my genetics were Latvian. Anyway, um, fast forward two years after that, someone reached out to her and said, hey, apparently we're first cousins and I don't know who you are. Oh my God. Yes. And so, you know, my daughter and I spent a couple of hours on the couch composing an email back to this person. Like, how do you gently say to someone, well, it's possible, but I could totally shatter your world with this information. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we did. We just gently said, um, my mother is adopted. We know nothing about her family. If you want to continue this conversation, please do, you know, reach out. Otherwise, we can just let this go. Yeah. And within hours, we had a reply back and just flood of emails and this willingness to connect and get to know us better and just this total acceptance and belief that we were part of their family um and so that was about two years ago that that happened and now i'm going through the process of getting to know my half siblings wow yes Oh my gosh. Right? So that's a fun fact. I have two sisters and a brother that I've only known for two years. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing that. Uh, That must be, that's that's a whole podcast in itself. Right? (laughs) That truly is the, this connection and the finding out about, really finding about who you are. I mean, we go through life so often, even when we know who our parents are our genetics are we still aren't connected to who we are so often we get lost in the shuffle of life but then to truly not know because you're you don't know you grew up in a different kind of setting not with your birth parent Mm -hmm. and then to find out this whole other world of yourself truly that's just incredible it was like a hip check I don't know if you know anything about hockey, but it, you know, the, the, a brother that I grew up with used to pass me in the hallway all the time and he was a hockey nut and he would hip check me into the, <laughs> into the wall whenever he passed me. And it was, you know, getting this, having this experience was like a hip check into the wall because you're right. I went through my whole life going to doctor's appointments and that sort of thing. And they would say, well, do you have any history of X, Y, Z? And I'd say, I don't know. I don't know. You know, and in some ways it was a blessing because uh, I think we can get too connected, way, way, way too connected into, oh, there's a family history of this disease or there's a you know, family history of that condition and that kind of thing. And I was naive to all of that. So it was fabulous. I got to create my own health, right? And we all have the power to do that. But I think when you have this sort of background information, oh, dad has this, mom has that, grandma died of this kind of thing, I think it can mess us up a little bit. So, you know, it was a double-edged sword, I suppose. But yeah, yeah it was... Yeah, I got hip checked in. Yeah. <laughs> I'm also just, that just made me laugh too. The whole sibling thing. You yeah. said you'd walk by and just hip check you. I mean, that's annoying, but it's something you get used to after a while. I learned how to geek. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Let's just dive right in because this is going to be a really um, rich conversation. So, um, Lisa, how do you define creativity? Oh, wow. I think creativity, it, it, I don't really know that I can define it, but, but it's an experience. And to me, it is that feeling of flow where you just get lost in whatever it is that you're doing and you're not thinking about it other than, you know, sort of the, the 
fine motor details about what it is you're doing, but you're not, you're not thinking about your problems. You're not um, planning dinner. None of that. You're just, <laughs> you're just being and doing in mm-hmm. that state of flow. Mm. Yes. Love it. It's, it's, you're truly, you're truly in the moment. You're truly present. You've lost. Yeah. You've lost sense of time. Yeah. Um, you don't have this attachment to um, maybe a certain outcome. It, it's just, you're in it and it feels effortless. Yes. Yes. Or not, it, it can even feel challenging, but it's that, um, you know, cause I think one mm, of the things I love to true. do is gardening and the garden doesn't always cooperate. Yeah. <laughs> or yeah. if you're learning, you know, you're learning to paint um, or you're learning whatever, what you're, you're picking up a craft or something like that. It's, it can be challenging, but it's a challenge that you just, um, just eat up. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you for that. Very true. It's kind of like, okay, I can almost, I just had a visualization when you said that of me sitting there being, being immersed in something and just being like, okay, there's a little challenge or maybe that's not so easy, but let's do this. Like what, how are we going to solve this problem? How are we going to just be in it and get through it? And just like you said, not be thinking about dinner and not be thinking about all the other things that life has to offer, but you're truly just there. Yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. So, so in what I called this, midlife woman's guide to creating the life you want. Um, Mm. I would just love to hear from you. You've been on wherever you want to start the journey being when you were younger and how it progressed, you've done so many different things. Um, and I love how you went back to school at like an older age and cause you're obviously a, a, you're really interested in learning. Mm -hmm. Um, start wherever you want to take us kind of on the journey of you, please. Well, first of all, I want to say that um, when when my daughter was younger, she used to pull me out of conversations I was having with people, or she'd give me a jab or give me the stink eye and say, Mom, you're being nosy. Mm. And um, not really. I'm, I'm very, very curious. Mm. And I always follow my curiosity. And that leads to so much creativity for me. Um, and so my daughter was embarrassed because she, she was so shy. She thought I was prying when I was asking questions about people and their experiences. Um, FYI, she's completely different now. And she goes, mom, I'm curious. I didn't realize how many. <laughs> <laughs> how, how old was she generally? When I would she say was she was that. a tween when yeah. she would, you know, when yeah. she's old enough to get embarrassed by her mother. Right. Yeah. So, um, I would say tween early teens, Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just able to say, honey, they could walk away or they right. can help me to mind my own business or they can change the subject. And no, people love to mm-hmm. talk about their creative pursuits or they, or them or whatever. So, so mm-hmm. creativity is, is part of who I am. I think it's part of my life story. It's part of my purpose is just to follow my own curiosity. And uh, so the other thing that I wanted to touch on before I get into my story too much is when you're saying that I've done so many things and I just wanted to touch on that for people who are listening and going, Oh my gosh, I'm like, cause I used to think this of myself. I am, um, I, what is it? That expression, the master of none. I have, you mm. know, that, um, do you know the expression? I, yeah, yeah, yeah. My brain is kind of, yeah. Yes. 
Okay, yeah. it'll come back. I know it'll come yeah. back to us. But yeah. this, this idea of that, you know, I can do a lot of different things, but I'm a master of none. And it bothered me for the longest time because I thought, well, you know, the the people that I admire so much are the ones who who have such an ability to do things. They're an amazing singer. They're incredible musician. They're beautiful artists. They create beautiful pottery. You know, just these people who have mastered something. Mm-hmm. And people who do that kind of thing, I'm sure, you know, the people listening to this podcast have heard that idea that takes 10,000 hours, right, to mm-hmm. to master something, meaning that you have to do it for a long time. You have to dedicate your energy to something for a long time. And I, I've never felt like I've done that, right? I'm, I'm pretty good at a lot of things, mm-hmm. and I have always felt as if I were a master of none. And I remember someone uh, listening to some, I don't know, video or something about a decade ago, and somebody was speaking, and I apologize to whoever it was, because I don't remember who said it. It was a woman. She was talking about uh, purpose, and you know how people get so twisted in, in their purpose, and we can talk about mm-hmm. that a little bit more later, but they're, you know, finding their purpose becomes their purpose, and, and it, can, it can eat you up, particularly um, at midlife. Um, but anyway, so this woman made this comment about some people just know what it is. They're born knowing what it is and they pursue their purpose like a jackhammer. Like they just, you know, they're (laughs) drilling down and that's all they ever do. And that's how they become masters. So young at a thing. Mm -hmm. And then she said, and other people are like a hummingbird Mm -hmm. and they just flit along and they, they go to the beautiful things and they enjoy the nectar there and then they go to the next beautiful thing and I have never really identified with another being until she said that and I'm like oh my gosh I'm a hummingbird I love that I just flit from beautiful thing to beautiful thing and drink in the nectar take as much Mm -hmm. and when my curiosity goes well what's that over there Mm -hmm. you know and then I move on to the next thing so um how I ended up going back to university when I was um, in my late 40s was I found myself, as a lot of women do at midlife, where um, my baby, uh, my son, was looking at university brochures. Mm-hmm. And I was like, uh-oh, I know what this means. <laughs> 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 He's leaving, and next year, my house is going to be empty because he's the baby. And that's a little bit scary because I have, I've identified with this role of being mom and mother. And, 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 um, it has, it's been the way that I've framed my experience mm-hmm. for how many years, right? So right. I became a mother in my mid twenties and I was in my late forties and my baby's talking about leaving. And How many, let me um, interrupt for one minute. I'm sorry. How many children do you have? I have two. Okay. I have a, a, my, thank you. My oldest is my daughter and then my son. Okay. Uh, thank you. And there are seven years between them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I had some practice with one going, right? But then <laughs> anyway, mm-hmm. I saw the writing on the wall, all the empty walls in the empty house in one, one year. And I thought, well, okay, suddenly I can feel this space opening up in my own life. And who am I going to be then? And 
um, almost, I'm going to say it was almost a way to distract myself. I thought, okay, I, I've got to do something so I don't think about that so much. I, you know, I have to add another thing to my life so I'm not thinking about what I'm losing mm. when, he, when he leaves. Uh, so at the same time that I'm doing that, um, as you read in my very formal bio at the beginning there, I, I started my career as a holistic nutritionist and I worked pretty exclusively with women because I get women, right? Mm-hmm. And um, the women aged as I aged, as you know, we tend to, to uh, attract clients who, who are similar to us. Mm-hmm. And I started noticing that, that women were coming to, to see me and even though they had these these grandiose plans about, oh, I want to release weight or I want to get my mood under control or I want my skin to clear up or whatever reason they came to see me, they weren't following through on whatever it is, whatever plan that we created for them to go away together and, you know, to, to do. So really simple example is if I asked them to drink more water and they were like, yeah, sure, I could do that. No problem. Then we'd get back together in a week and I'd say, so how'd you do that? And they'd be like, yeah, I didn't do it. Mm-hmm. And this would repeat, you know, we, I, we'd put it back on the table. And then the next time we get together, they were like, yeah, I don't know what happened. I didn't do it. Mm-hmm. So, so personally, I'm seeing this space open up in my life. And then professionally, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm not good at this anymore. I'm not. There, there's a skills gap here for me, I think. I can't seem to help these women or, you know, what's happening. Maybe I should get more training. So um, it just opened up for me that in my late 40s, it was, a, it was the perfect time for me to, to go to graduate school. I got my master's degree uh, exploring the relationship for midlife women um, with eating. And then the research bug really bit because I follow my curiosity, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, and I'm a good writer. So that, so that was the other thing too. Lots of students struggle with writing. And for me, that was like, that's easy breezy. Mm-hmm. So um, decided to do my doctorate and I made the question bigger. And it was what, what gets in the way of women at midlife taking care of their well-being mm-hmm. and uh, opened up this huge can of worms, as you can imagine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so that's how I got there sort of the personal and professional um, path sort of led me down there um, and now I feel as if as, I, as as a hummingbird if I turn around and look at my life I can see that I was meant to visit all of those little flowers along the way yes and drink in the nectar that I needed from all of those different experiences because now without even focusing on it I feel that I've reached mastery. <laughs> Mm-hmm. in terms of understanding the experience experiences that women have and how how we have been framed by things that are outside of ourselves mm-hmm. yes I, I i have to go back to when you were talking about i love that visual that reference of the jackhammer and the hummingbird mm-hmm. and I just think it's important for people to hear the in being the hummingbird in flitting from thing to thing. It's not ADD, Mm-mm. it's permission. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the word that was coming through to me as you were speaking. It's like giving yourself permission. And I'm not talking about just saying, okay, 
I have this job and okay, I'm going to leave this to do this and then this to do this. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about having different kinds of interests and different kinds of curiosities, like you said, and taking time to explore them. And you're giving yourself permission to do that instead of denying yourself, because I've found this a lot where adults get stuck in this whole quote unquote adulting thing. Mm hmm because they think, well, I'm an adult. I have responsibilities, you know, Hollis. I have to pay the mortgage. I have a family. You want me to go off and explore, you know, meditation? I don't have time for that. (laughs) Or I've invested so many years. I've, I've been a dental hygienist for 20 years. You can't expect me to not be a dental hygienist. Yes. Well, does it light you up? Well, no. In fact, my back is killing me from all the bending over. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so is it time then to move on? And I love that you brought up permission because uh, that was actually one of the findings in my doctoral research is that the women felt as if they didn't have permission mm-hmm. to uh, be self-focused. Hmm. And Explain that a little bit more. Well, I didn't want to use the word selfish because we have that connotation about selfish being a bad thing. And so, so one of the, one of the other findings that came from my doctoral research, and I know that people who are listening are going to nod along with this, um, is the social pressures on us to be a certain way, act a certain way, uh, behave, Um, a certain way, think certain thoughts, that idea that you're talking about in terms of, um, I'm I'm an adult now, I can't quit my job, I have a mortgage, that would be selfish, that would be stupid. No, (laughs) no, in, in fact, you know, I talk about myself being led by my curiosity. I really think that, you know, for, for, again, people who are struggling with, well, what is my purpose? I believe that your purpose here is to experience whatever it is you want to experience. Mm -hmm. And if your current situation isn't lighting you up anymore and you're starting to get those nudges, like, oh, maybe there's something else, then follow that nudge, follow that curiosity. Yeah, it's like following the your question. <laughs> no, I don't think there really was a question in that. Oh, oh, oh I think I said, um, because you said off of your doctorate finding, and um, you said social pressures to be a certain way. Oh, yeah. And I said, tell me more about that. Yeah, yeah. So many social pressures. And you think about, um, for example, you, um, okay, so women who are in the midlife now, So Generation X, women, maybe early millennials, late baby boomers, we were raised with that social expectation, mantra, belief, dogma, whatever you want to call it, that we can have it all, right? Mm -hmm. And this is just one example. So it was put out to us as permission, hey, you know, go. You, You don't have to stay at home anymore. You can have a career if you want to. And very, very rapidly, it turned into, oh, no, you must. You must Mm. have it all. So get your post-secondary, get your amazing career, buy the house you can't afford, make sure you have the latest Mm. model car, have all the toys, always make sure that you recycle your fashion, or not recycle, sorry, (laughs) renew your fashion every season. 
uh, keep spending. Keep, that's why you got the job. Remember, like we get into this, this pattern of, of, of spending and consuming and never sort of being able to stop and breathe and create and grow and follow our curiosity because we're doing all the things that these social pressures outside of ourselves are telling us that we should be doing. No, no wonder we're exhausted. No wonder we still have a mortgage. No wonder we have debt, right? We're, we're, we're doing all the things that we're told that we need to do. And that's not just, you know, that's not the only one. There's lots of social pressures about, you know, women are meant to be um, self-sacrificing and nurturing and we never lose our temper and we're, we wear size six and we're always in <laughs> the latest fashions and, um, you know, where we dote on our partners and all of that at the same time that we're supposed to be out in the career world being competitive and ambitious and loyal to the company and focused and oh yeah. my gosh like how how are you supposed to be both yeah how are you supposed and 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 be in integrity and in alignment with who you really are and then yeah. god forbid you're at work and the child phones with a broken leg and then you have to leave work and then <laughs> you go you take the kid to the doctor the hospital whatever you're feeling bad the whole time you're at the hospital because you're not at work then you go home and you catch up on the work you you didn't do you know when you should be taking care of your and i'm like seriously oh my god you just made me think of it is really messed up. So I was up. pulling the car out of the garage. My daughter went to the bus stop and it was winter time. And um, all of a sudden she's at the passenger side knocking on the window. And she's like, I, I fell on the ice and I, I can't move my arm. Oh no. And my first thought was shit. <laughs> Besides just shit, I'm like, what am I going to do? Like, I have to go to work. Like, I'm a teacher. I have a classroom. I have, like, I can't just not show up. Um, there has to be communication that, you know, happens yeah. immediately. So right. I'm kind of going, I'm like, are you sure you can't move it? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, how broken is it? Like, how horrible is that? I'm like, can you like wiggle your fingers? And she's like crying and she's probably like 10 or 11. And she's like, mom, I can't move my arm. I'm like, oh my God, Hollis, this is, you're, this is horrible. Like your parent first. Right. So I called up work and I said, I'm sorry, I have to take my daughter to the hospital or someplace. She, I think she broke her arm. So they get a sub. I'm replaceable in that sense. You know, they, it, it's this idea of, well, they can't function without me. So they got a sub, whatever. I took Skylar to where she had, she did, she sprained her arm. And, but the whole point of me saying that is immediately, I mean, I will admit it. My first reaction was, well, shit, this is getting in my way. Yes. Instead of parent first of the person that I love incredibly <laughs> beyond words to the moon and back, I was pissed. And, and to be clear, um, parent first is part of your identity. That might not be the identity for someone else. So we're not, I'm not yes. judging that, right? Right, so right, for, right. In case, right. Yeah, in this case for you, that that's what the truth is. But imagine, yes. you know, if you think of your life as a Venn diagram and all of these social roles 
with all of the traits that attach with all of these social social roles and yeah. most of them are con conflicting most of them don't make any sense lots of them you don't even have you're just faking it and then in the middle there the, make a dot that's you what is the truth of who you are mm -hmm. right and if you're constantly um brushing up against what everybody else wants from you and you've never given yourself permission to really understand who you are and what you want and what is going to put you in flow and allow you to create what it is you are meant to create yeah then you know you're going to feel anxiety you're going to be up at night you're going to gain weight you're going to be unhappy you're going to get you know either divorced or um you're going to make yourself sick and and we don't question it <laughs> we don't question it we're like well of course um so i don't watch television we can talk about that if you want to but there's a lot of social programming that comes through the programming that we watch in entertainment um but every once in a while we you know you need to turn your brain off so my daughter um bought the little house in the prairie series on mm -hmm. video and there's not so much programming in that there is a little bit but anyway it's so <laughs> watching that the other day i just had this dawn it dawn, just dawned on me like wow life used to be a lot easier when people weren't telling us what to do all the time mm-hmm and what to think. And um, I just think how much more free and how much more space we'd create in our lives if we could just shut out all of the noise that's yeah. going on around us. So before we get to the next question, um, I kind of want to explore if you could kind of in again, what I said um, in this title, a guide to creating the life you want with all of this noise. Can you give us just like a little bit on how do you guide people to give themselves more permission and create this space? Well, first of all, if anyone's feeling like they need permission, first of all, you don't. But if you feel mm. as if you need permission to focus on yourself and your own well-being, I hereby, by the authority vested in me by me, <laughs> grant you permission to focus on your well-being and find the thing that puts you in flow okay mm -hmm. so that's the first thing so you've everyone who's listening now has permission mm -hmm. the next thing really is um, in order to know where you're going, you think about it, any trip that you're going on, you have to understand where you are. Even if you're using Google, they'll say, where are you now? Mm -hmm. Right? Before you. So it's really important to understand who you are now and how you got here. So what I like to do um, in, in my coaching program is really get women to focus or understand, first of all, the, the, that concept of social roles and traits, and also get into um, some of those beliefs that we have that maybe don't make sense, hmm. that we might have inherited from 
society or we might have inherited from our family or our church or definitely schooling because there's a whole bunch of um, programming that happens in schooling, right? And I'm using the word programming intentionally there. You think about how our young children are programmed by the bell. Right? I mean, they're, yes. not even, they're not even allowed to pee until the bell rings, right? <laughs> yes. And you have about three minutes to do that, depending yeah. if you're in high school, getting exactly. from class to class. Yes. Exactly. And if you mm -hmm. have to go off schedule, you've got a lot of explaining to do. Right? <laughs> like, what do you mean you need to go to the bathroom 20 minutes in? Well, you can't, you know, whatever. Um, Yes. So, so there's a lot, that's a silly example, but a really concrete example of the programming that comes from outside of ourselves. And, you know, any parent understands that some of that programming is, is um, required, right? Like you don't want, you want your child to understand that when you say, no, don't run out in front of the car, that's like, there's no debating that. Right. Um, but, at, but at the same time, um, we as adults we have permission to question some of those beliefs that have been passed down that we you know um from about seven years you know zero to seven we're little sponges and we don't question anything everything's true you know um so our brains get filled up with all of these rules and all of these beliefs and all of these social conditions um and, and we take them on without question, and then we never question them again. And that's how we get to be at midlife and think that mm. we are adults now and we can't change things. That's mm -hmm. just not acceptable. Yeah. So, so we have to, you know, once we come up, become aware of how we got here and all of the true, real pressures, like I'm not in denial, there are real pressures on us to be a certain way. Um, we need to look at some of those beliefs that have you feeling as if you you um, can't change anything or that this is the way it is and that we're not going to question this. And um, so we need to look at some of those beliefs and determine whether or not they still serve your highest purpose. Mm. Right. So um, powerful. A yes. A lot of them. There are a lot of them. Yes. Uh, I write about some of them in my in my book. OK, here's one. Here's one. Um, yeah. money is the root of evil, mm -hmm. right? So we get into this, um, belief system about money being bad. Well, first of all, that's a misquote. Mm -hmm. The love of money is the root of all evil, right? Mm -hmm. And so if you're going to put your focus on money, we can see that money in our culture is, is often abused. Money equals power, power equals abuse. Mm -hmm. However, having money doesn't mean you're evil mm -hmm. right money just is a, is a form of power that amplifies who you already are so mm -hmm. if you're a good person and you have money you're going to do good things with your money right and so a lot of people have bought into this you know this this concept of poverty well only you know we're, we're i'm a good person so i'm you know i don't need a lot of money right Right? right. And so right. that's one way that we limit our experience because we've decided money is evil. So that that kind of thing, you need to look at some of those guiding principles that have, have sort of steered you to this point to midlife. Yes. Um, really, really critical that we do that. And then once we 
do the subtracting, right? Take away all of those, the power from all of those things. That's when the creativity kicks in. And that's when we get to start um, reimagining and yes. reframing who we are and what we want to bring into the world. Oh, love those words. Reimagining, reframing. Oh my gosh. Oh, so much depth and richness in everything that you said. Um, thank you for all of that. I, I want, I, I want, okay. So I'm going to guide into the second question um, to get to know you a little bit more, which is, uh, we talked about some things, but how do you uh, incorporate for you more creativity into your own life? So as I mentioned before, I'm a gardener and I also live in Canada, so I don't get to do that as much <laughs> as I would like to do. Um, mm. And for people who are listening who don't live in Canada, yes, we do get summer. <laughs> people around the world think we live in igloos. No, no, no. We get four seasons, um, but we get that one growing season that's four months long. And I can, you know, on either side, I can spring and fall it a little bit and extend it. But for me, being in the garden is incredibly important because um, I, I can connect with nature. I do it barefoot so that I can, mm -hmm. you know, really resonate with the earth. It's one of the most healing things that we can do for our physical well-being and emotion, emotional and spiritual well-being as well. Mm -hmm. um, but I am limited. It's February right now as we're chatting and there's a foot of snow on the ground. Is there? Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Well, other, other fun fact I was going to share with you. Um, I'm house sitting for my mother who's house sitting for my sister. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyway, my mother's cat won't, That's won't funny. leave, and, but my sister has more animals. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, so where I am right now, yes, we have a foot of snow. Oh, my gosh. New Jersey has not gotten any snow. Ah, uh, so got I, none. I live closer to Niagara Falls in Canada, and, and we don't have very much snow at home. In fact, I think... I was talking to the to my daughter the other day. The grass is still green, so um, but I can't garden anyway. So back to what do I do yes. for creativity? Yes, so when I can't garden, um, this is something I you know we hear this a lot, particularly women. We've been told that we're not creative, which is a bunch of bunk. That's the nice word. <laughs> nice okay. way to say it. <laughs> a nice a bunch of it. bunk, everybody. <laughs> a bunch of bunk. First of all, you know, we, we've been given the womb. We are the ultimate creators. And whether or not you have children and whether or not you have reached menopause, we are still the grand creators. And so don't let anybody ever tell you that you're not creative and that you don't have an imagination. Because you know what? Every time you daydream, there's evidence of your creativity, right? Every time yes. you have a vision for your life, there's evidence of your creativity. Uh, again, stop listening to other people. Get inside mm -hmm. yourself. And there are lots of ways that women are creative. Maybe you garden. Maybe, you know, you love to do home decor. Maybe you're a painter. Maybe um, you're a writer. Maybe you write poetry. What you sing, whatever. I mean, we all are creative in certain ways. But if you're listening and you think you're not creative, um, I'm going to encourage you to start reading fiction if you don't already. So turn off the TV and pick up a book. Because when you're reading fiction, you create images in your head and way better than most movies sometimes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, 
except for the Harry Potter movie one, which was mind blowing to me. But anyway, mm. um, the, the imagery that you that you can create in your head is a powerful way to kickstart your imagination if you've sort of let it get rusty. And uh, very often I find when I'm reading fiction and I always have two books going, I always have a fiction and because I'm curious about how the world works. Um, I also have a nonfiction book both going at the same time. But when I'm reading fiction, it's amazing the mind walks that I go on and the, um, the new creative thoughts that come to me, either spurred by something a character said or an activity that was happening or whatever. So reading fiction is really, really an easy way to lubricate your creative muscles, I think. Oh, I love that suggestion. And I'm going to give it like a cheer here too, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I really do love it because you're exactly right. It it gets you uh, within the fiction space. You're it is really pulling you into your imagination and your visualization and giving you this freedom of going into the story. That's in all of the conversations I've had. I have not heard anybody say that, and I think that's that's really great. Thank you for that. Oh, you're, you're very welcome. And it's really powerful. So I know a lot of people poo poo reading fiction. And I'm going to say just that again, that's social social messaging. Because mm -hmm. um, fiction is is a really powerful source. I mean, some that whatever you're reading came from someone else's imagination. It's like yeah. seeding your own right you're you're aligning with someone else's creative energy when you're reading fiction and it can only feed your own I yeah. mean, it can only feed you. Okay. So we talked about gardening. We talked about reading. Um, is there anything else here that you would like to share about um, how you incorporate it more into you? Well, I, um, I start everyday journaling and, and I'm a writer. I said that. So I, I have written, um, I've written a couple of books I think someday I might try fiction. I don't know. I just, I feel like I put it on a pedestal. Like, you know, the real writers write fiction. I don't know. Mm. We'll see. Isn't that interesting? That's so yeah. funny. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, fine. Um, mm -hmm. But I am trying to incorporate more creative writing into my writing anyway. So I think I'm working up to that. Um, but mm. I, every day I journal and it's, I find it an incredible opportunity to connect with um what I'm, I'm just going to use my language to connect with God. So if, if you prefer to use source, the universe, energy, uh, one, whatever it is, I'm going to use the word God. Uh, so when I journal in the morning, it's like meditation and prayer and mm. creativity all at once. And often I'll ask a question and I will, it, it amazes me what comes out. Mm -hmm. Um, and I can, I can get a lot of answers quite quickly, or, um, I get really good at framing the question that I want to answer and then I can just leave it there. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, you know, be open to the answers coming to me throughout the day or a week or however long it takes for the answer to come. So I find that that's a really cool way to, uh, open that conversation with, um, uh, just just the universe and and um 
here, oh, here's, here's an interesting concept. So my daughter and I were watching uh, a documentary because, again, I, I don't like the program messaging that comes through so-called entertainment. And mm-hmm. so we were watching this documentary about Tesla. Mm-hmm. And this is really fascinating to me. They were talking about Tesla and all of the um, Nikolai Tesla, not the car company, Nikolai Tesla. And mm-hmm. uh, he has something like 700 patents in the U.S. Like the guy, genius for inventing things. And the commentator was talking about Tesla and said that he had a hard time distinguishing between an object in his hand and his own imagination. And so his belief was that if he imagined it, it already existed. Mm. And I, it, it made me hold my breath. It was such a powerful description of right. the, the power of manifestation, really, which is, which is what that is, where you can imagine something so fully and completely that you're not even sure that it's not real like right. not actually in your hand. Mm-hmm. Um, and so journaling, so, so what I took from that, because I don't have that ability that Tesla had, is like, oh, cool. So if I describe something intimately, how I envision it, then I will pull it into my reality. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I'm, I'm doing with my journaling now is when I, when I have a vision, I don't just say, okay, well, I want to have a house on the water so that I can sit on my dock. No, right. I've got it all figured out. I mean, I can see it. I can smell it. Uh, I know what it sounds like sitting on that dock. Like I have intimately become familiar with that vision that I want to create for my life. And um, I know it'll just be a matter of time before it shifts from my imagination to my reality. I think what you just said in that is uh, it's so important. And for people that kind of get overwhelmed by that, um, I would say, and then I'd love to hear what you have to say on it, is really just kind of baby steps into it of of kind of um, like, okay, so how does it smell? How does mm-hmm. it taste? What colors do you see? Um, cause honestly, I would, even in everything that I do in this creative space and going to art school and, you know, with these labels of what you do, being mm-hmm. an art teacher and being a creative being and being passionate about it, I at times get stuck. I'm like, oh my God, I can't see it. Like mm-hmm. I can feel oh, it. Oh, for sure. Like I can feel it, but I get frustrated because my husband is just like, he, he sees our dream house and he literally walks through it and he can Ah. he literally sees everything about it he tells me in quite detail of everything of what kind of floors there are and what the walls look like and how it smells and what he sees and and then i i honestly at points get frustrated i'm like well I don't know if I see that. <laughs> well, yeah, but since you're going to share it with him, you better maybe have a Yes, yeah, so I'm like, this is kind of what we've had. But at the same time, in saying it, there's kind of a block in me yeah. where it's, it, it's kind of opening yourself up to that space to think that you can do it. Yes. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Um, right. Okay. So if, so for those of you who heard what I just said, and by the way, I'm not Tesla, <laughs> like I'm a <laughs> long way from saying, Oh, is that real or not real? Um, 
so so here's here's something that that I really encourage women to do when when we're working together is um, it's not about the thing, right? It's not about the vision. It's not about the job. It's not about the money. It's not about the car or whatever. It's about when you when you have manifested that, brought it into your life, created it, whatever language you, works for you. How will you feel? Mm-hmm. Because it's not the thing. Yeah, that is your that is motivating you. It's once you have acquired, created, built, achieved, you know, brought it in, how are you going to feel? And so you don't have to get caught up in the details of the thing. What you need to get intimately involved in is how it will make you feel. So that's where I started because I've known for a long time. I mean, the book that I just wrote, I wrote on my brand new sister that I just met two years ago on her dock this summer, I wrote the first draft and it was essentially every day I would sit on the dock and I would say to my journal, what would you have me know today about X, Y, Z, some issue with, you know, midlife experience for women or whatever. Hmm. And I downloaded the the, sort of the first draft, of course, editing came later and everything. Um, But for me, I am intimately aware of how I want to feel while I'm on the dock. Yes. And when I know all that, um, I call that the North Star, right? Once you have your North Star, then all of the decisions you make either align with that vision or they don't. And it makes it really simple for you. Sorry, all of your options align with that North Star or they don't. So it makes it very easy to make decisions about what you're going to do. It's either, yes, Mm -hmm. it supports my vision. No, it doesn't. I'm not going to do it. Mm-hmm. But if you if you understand, I think of your North Star is how you want to be, how you want to feel, and you focus on that, then the details about the flooring aren't that important. The details about the number of houses, or sorry, number of rooms, not that important. Yeah. Um, what is in what is which which allows also for the end better because. Though our imagination is wonderful, and we haven't talked about this, and I don't know if we'll have time, it is limited by our own experience of reality, right? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, as your husband is architecturally creating your dream home, um, you want to also leave room for the end better. Yeah. Because there could be things out there that are beyond your perception of what is possible. And you certainly want to be open to that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So that's when, when, when you focus on how you want to be and how you want to feel in the experience and you got that nailed and you hold on to that, then you can be surprised and delighted by how it shows up. Mm, I can't believe we are already getting to the top of the hour, which is nuts. But um, (laughs) before we get to the third question, can you tell us briefly, you kind of did say what you do in the morning, but uh, I I love to ask people about morning routines. Um, Okay, so first of all, I think rituals are critical, especially because we are um, overscheduled. And if we, as women, don't make it part of a habit or a ritual, you're not very good at doing it. 
-hmm. So do things like leave your vitamins on the counter so that you remember to take them. Like I think (laughs) that's so important. Don't put them away so your counter looks nice. That like, who cares, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Do things to make your life easier and that that remind you of the things that that are important to you. So um, my morning ritual, um, I mentioned I live in Canada. I... I live for the sun, and so the darker days of winter can wear me down. And so every morning as I'm doing my journaling, I sit in front of my light therapy lamp for Mm -hmm. half an hour. And for those of you who aren't familiar with that, um, research shows that uh, when you can sit in front of 10,000 lux, don't ask me what that means, (laughs) <laughs> um, for it's it's a bright light for 20 minutes to 30 minutes in the morning it stimulates the pineal gland mm-hmm. um, which is the gland that creates uh, serotonin which is your feel-good hormone so it helps with people who have seasonal affective disorder or I used to call it um, seasonal affective meh because I, I didn't I don't get depressed I just get bummed out mm-hmm. um, and then for women at midlife who are having trouble sleeping, what's really important about serotonin is that it converts later in the day to melatonin to help you sleep. Mm. Um, and so for people who struggle in the winter too with not you know, not being able to get to sleep or insomnia or uh, whatever, uh, having that morning ritual is really valuable for your well-being. And of course, stimulating your pineal gland, that's also known as your third eye for those of you who are interested in, in energy. And so that's really cool too if you are interested in expanding your creative ability. Mm. Whew. So much goodness, everybody. I'm just kind of taking it in. Okay, so... As we are at the top of the hour, the third and final question, a little repetitive, but it kind of is like putting a nice little bow on everything, which is, why do you think creativity is important? Uh, Well, to reiterate, women are powerful creator beings. We are here to create. And... um, I, I believe, you know, again, for people who are struggling with, oh, what am I supposed to be doing now? Uh, what is my purpose now? We're here to create. And so it's really, um, despite the pressures outside of ourselves that just want us to consume, right? And to follow along the, the agenda and the schedule that other people have set out for you, we are here to create and experience. And so creation doesn't mean you have to produce something, right? Creation mm-hmm. just, it might mean going for a walk in the, in, in, a, in the woods and just admiring, enjoying, and, and um, connecting with nature, right? Yeah. And so um, it's critical. If, if you want your life to have meaning and you're feeling as if you, you don't know what, what it you know, is next for you, um, creativity is the answer. No big deal, everybody. No big deal. <laughs> no, no big, big deal. deal. This is what I say. This is what I, this is why I've created this space. This is why I've realized that since I started teaching when I was 19 and now being 55 and all along the way, kind of seeing the same thing, same pattern And isn't it great when you have that perspective to kind of look back and see that it always been saying 
It's just about, you don't have to know how to draw or paint. And then in all of the experiences, like that's not what creativity is. And then building up to this point, it's, it's life. Yes. (laughs) It's true connection. It's, it's exploration, it's expression, it's expansion. It's gives you balance. It gives you, it gives you like harmony. It gives you like all of these things. And in the center of it, it brings joy and happiness. Right. It's, it's the way to stop living on autopilot. Yes. Right. Because that's, that's what the programming wants you to do. Go to work, come home, have dinner, go to bed, go to sleep, wake up, go to work. Like, ew. Ew. It's yes. Ew. That's the technical term. Ew. (laughs) It's very, look it up, everybody. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Okay. So Dr. Lisa, how can people connect with you? Oh, thank you so much for asking. So you can find me on the socials, all of them, Instagram, Facebook at um, Dr. Lisa Petty, Dr. Lisa Petty. Um, I have a free Facebook group called Midlife Alchemy. If you'd like to join, I have free trainings. I throw my podcasts in there. This podcast will be in there. Um, So you can connect with other women who are on the same path as you. And of course, I have the um, Midlife Alchemy coaching program. If you are ready to figure out who you are and what's next for you and would like a little bit of guidance along the way, I have that. And for um, those of you who would like to reconnect with your your body and start that conversation, uh, that creativity conversation, I have a free well-being check-in on my website, if you just go to lisapetty.com slash check in, and that will help you. It's a little bit of a self-guided program that I used in my doctoral research actually, and it became so successful. I added it to my coaching practice and now I'm just giving it away because um, it's really a valuable and and pretty simple process to Mm -hmm. just remember and remember and to refocus on yourself. So uh, lisapetty.com slash check in for that free uh, self-guided program. Thank you so much for hanging out for this hour, Lisa, and chatting. And I know we could go on for hours and hours and um, just so appreciate all that you're putting out into the world and uh, just love getting to know you more. So thank you. I love this chat. This is so much fun for me. So much fun. So thank you. Thank you. And all of those that joined us live and listening to the replay, thank you so much for being here. Again, we know you could be doing anything with your hour and we so appreciate you choosing to spend it with us. Truly, this space is all about inspiring each other, connecting and sharing stories. So please like, follow, share all of that good stuff because we need to lift each other up. I feel like we've needed this always, but I think we need it now more than ever. So that being said, I wish you, wherever you're listening in the world, I wish you a good morning, a good afternoon, a good evening, and look forward to connecting soon and sharing more. Goodbye, everybody. Feeling inspired? Let's just get rid of this, throw away this whole perfectionism thing, this whole concept that we have to know how to do everything. You know what? You don't. Let's just do things and try things and realize what we like and what we don't like. It's all part of the process. The self-awareness feels so good. You feel more connection to yourself, connection to others, and huh? 
be a happier, more joyful person. Just imagine that. So you are where you are in the process. So you can dip your toe in the water to try new things at a slower pace, or you can dive right in. Here at I Am Creative and Express Yourself Publishing, we meet you where you are. So there are so many ways to check us out. Explore our experiential kits. They have everything in them that you need to try new things. You don't have to buy anything else but this kit and just explore. There's Creative Shui, which is seven elements to join happiness. Through the Publishing House, Express Yourself Publishing, multi-author books, coffee books, solo book opportunities. It is all about expression, all about it. And it's again, just trying these things and realizing what you're good at. Don't all of a sudden think that you only fit into one box because we don't, we are not made for boxes. <laughs> there is also my TV show, I Am Creative. Check it out. The links are all in the body of this podcast. You can just click the link and you know what? Don't say, oh, maybe I'll check it out tomorrow. Life's too short. Just click it, see what it's about. There is honestly no judgment. It's all about exploring the possibilities, expressing yourself, and expanding your thinking. I will give you the website, which is IamCreativePhilly.com. So IamCreativePhilly, P-H-I-L-L-Y.com. And just remember that you are an expressive being, so own it. I am looking forward to hearing your story, because we all have one.